she says, oh, wait a minute, you have to apologize to Lisa. I'm getting blamed for that too? I tried I calling you. Option so Why apologize to her though? Because you did she was it to me. But I tried calling you. I was trying to get I was willing to call you on the phone. You wanted it did on it camera. To me. Baby, you wanted it on camera. You did because it to me. your contract was coming up. Oh my God. Wow. That's <laughs> wow. wow. true. And you needed some oh drama because I don't you need any fight drama. with you know everybody. What, I don't need any drama. You fought and you drove you know Lisa what? Vanderpump off the show. I drove Lisa Vanderpump off the show. Okay. What you did to my sister? You've had problems with everybody, with Camille Grammer. I mean, the list can go on and on. And then saying that you've been bullied? You are the biggest bully in Hollywood, and everyone knows it. Is that right? Yeah, you are. You're mean. Oh. And you don't tell the truth. Okay. Wow. Let me, let me. This is so sad. Okay, it's so all right. No, it's okay. so sad. Hold on. You brought Hold this on. on yourself. I want to know. No, you brought it on yourself. Okay. No, I didn't, right. darling. Dear, you did. This is between you two, and you yes. need to work it out. If it is you know between what? the two I of wish you had said that. What I want to know is, if it's between Kathy and Kyle, and Kyle then she leave it alone. She attacked me in the house and asked She attacked you. you. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. I'm here with, you know, the old ball and chain Mariana, <laughs> but also Mandy Salutska. Hi, Mandy. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be joining you guys. Welcome down under. Oh my gosh. I need to get back to Australia. Oh, Are love you hearing here? your accents. Yeah, I've been to Melbourne, if I say that correctly. You, you, said it, you, you did. did. Yeah, it was a good job. Good job. <laughs> Sydney and Hamilton Island, which I didn't know was Ooh. super posh oh, until yeah. I was there. It is a little fancy pants. <laughs> we like got there and they're like, okay, so there's no paparazzi allowed on the island. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where have we gone? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, before we get into it, Mandy, do you want to tell everyone about your awesome podcast? Sure. I have a podcast called Is This Real Life with Mandy Slutsker, and it is mainly about housewives, but some other Bravo shows mm. I throw in there like Summer House, Winter House, Vanderpump Rules, A Little Southern Charm, but mainly Housewives. Housewives is my bread and butter. Cool. We're covering the whole network from the sounds of it. Yeah, everything but Below Deck, which I'll watch for fun if I want to, but it's great. too much to like have to keep up with each franchise. For sure. I love the Below Deck. That's a great point. We covered Below Deck Down Under, obviously, but I just, I like just watching them. They're just so fun, fun, relaxing. I don't know. I love them. I love them. You love them too, Nathan. I mean, I froth on a Below Deck, but the greatest thing about Below Deck is once the season's done, you can you can free up that memory space. You don't need to remember any of their names. Exactly. It's, oh, yeah. Whereas with Housewives, you need to remember motives. You need to remember backstories, altercations, who slapped who. Yeah. You've got you've to be prepared for a season of Housewives. You need to remember side characters like Uncle yes. Lump. And oh. they resonate. We are you obsessed know? Like with Uncle that, Lump. I love Uncle Lump. Me too. Oh my god. Hey, should we just get into it? Because we got three shows to yeah. chat about, and probably yeah, let's smash it out. Some other ones. Unfortunately, people, it's my turn. So fuck Nathan as usual. Curb me if I talk too much about one little fucking thing. Because I do. Um. All right. I, I will. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. We did have a little quick little chat that maybe we just have a quick chat about Winter House first because I'm so into it. Yeah. Mandy, I'd love to get your hot take on Winter House. Yes. Okay. What's, Here's what's my your hot take? take? 
Justice for Luke. Justice <gasps> for Luke. Okay, I'm not 100% defending him. I'm just saying in the press and some of the blind items that were released before Winter House aired, so months and months ago, it was made out to be some sort of very serious sexual harassment situation. I, mm. I do not believe that that is what occurred. So between him and he really liked this new girl, Jessica, and she said she was into him, and then she later decided she wasn't. She did not vocalize that to him. But when he was very physical and touching her, she kind of like her body language was pretty obviously not interested, but he was not yeah. getting it. And as everyone started drinking more and more, Craig started shouting at him to stop touching her and not touch Paige, and it just became this huge, big thing. I think Jessica handled herself so well, especially when she talked to him a few days later. I feel like Craig doesn't actually care whether or not Jessica felt violated in any way. I think he oh, just yeah. had it out for Luke. Because of the fireworks. <laughs> Which, again, like, I'm sorry, if you walk into a room and there are fireworks sitting around, it's not an invitation to set them off, especially mm -mm. right next to someone's boat. That costs like 160 grand. Like, yes. Uh, yeah. I actually agree with everything you said. I think that Craig didn't give a shit at all. He just wanted no. to get back at Luke. And he made it into a big fucking deal. And I have an issue when someone's taking up someone else's cause, if they make it kind of about them, then that pisses me off. So I agree exactly. with everything you said because Craig made it about himself. And I love the way you all say Craig, by the way. Craig. Craig, yeah. And it's, it's Craig, well, mate. Craig. <laughs> Craig. Luke, I feel like he didn't mean any harm. Agreed. But he caused harm. Yeah. And so he seemed to understand that. And he seemed to handle it very well when she was like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I just want to speak to you. Yeah. And I thought he took that well. And, you know, you live and you learn. And hopefully he'll be more cognizant of people's, especially women that he's interested in, their behavior and their physical stance when they are engaging. So he's better able to read signals. But I don't believe he is some sort of serial sexual predator, no. which is what it made it out to be in the blind items. And right. I'm like, that's just shitty. And who would have leaked that? I could only thank Paige Craig. or Craig. Yeah, wow. I think I'm an episode behind on Winter House, but oh, this this wow. Craig, pick up after yourself, you lazy piece of shit. Oh, like, what the get fuck? Wanting is to have that? their cleaner at home, but you're on vacay. Pick up. Stop throwing glass on the ground at least. What did you think about him offering people cash as sort of a commiserating gift of we got the primary bedroom so here's some cash crazy. now shut the fuck up it's such an asshole move it's like there is okay it's like here you go pleb there is a skit on saturday night live they're like have certain recurring characters and one of them is guy who just bought a boat right yeah. <laughs> and it's like the most annoying guy ever and he's always overcompensating for things and i feel like that's craig like he newly came into money and he wants everyone to know how much money he has how successful his business is how hot his girlfriend is and he's just like shouting from the rooftops and it's like take like chill 
out. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like he's become very entitled and I don't think he was raised to be entitled. No. And I kind of, um, we saw a little bit of that on Southern Charm. I don't know if you still watch it, Nathan, where the other guys were basically saying, you know, he's kind of a bit up himself now. Yeah, and I, I agree. I didn't agree with it on Southern Charm, maybe because of the fact that Austin and Shep are totally up themselves, but I'm seeing it now. It's like, dude, just slow your roll. You don't have fucking letterbox money. That thing of, yes, you've got some money, very happy for you, you're on a million shows, good for you, but it's like, dude, you don't have letterbox money, so calm your fucking farm. It's gotten to his head. Because we all know that Shep has letterbox money. He basically has dividends from family investments that get mailed to him every month. Like, the guy's rich. Oh, I'm that's, a dream. That's rich. <laughs> when your money makes you money, that's rich. Like, you're not... You're not fucking rich, mate. Calm, calm your phone. It's just, he's just a dick, honestly. And I think Luke is a really nice guy. And he's the only Bravo celebrity that I like regularly will message with because <gasps> he's you from Minnesota. I'm from, I'm from Minnesota. And we talk You're about the Vikings. Slapping into DMs? <gasps> just about the Vikings. So are you responding to stories or is it an active DM slide? <laughs> active DM. Wow. Uh, like, well, so there's this video that I saved of him and Carl at, like a Lizzo concert and they're saying the song new man on the Minnesota Vikings or whatever. I can't. And, yeah. and I love that because I'm a Vikings fan. And so is he. And so I'll like post that almost every Sunday when they play and oh, like tag him and he always responds. Oh, that's so, <laughs> that's so cute. I feel like he really represents Minnesota. Well, I don't disagree. I think he's sweet and he's so gorgeous. I don't understand why these chicks aren't into him and why they're into the other dickheads in the house. I don't get it. Who knows? So, Mandy, you, you've got Justice for Luke as a campaign you're running. Now, yes. Especially I, I really... started with Hannah. Oh, yeah, with Hannah Burner. Oh, of Ugh. course. <laughs> yeah. She was the worst, but I loved her. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on Beverly Hills. Is this a Justice for Rinna situation? Are we verging into that territory? Are we Justice for Kathy Hilton? Where are There's we? There's no Justice. <laughs> <laughs> What? What do you mean there's no justice? What are you talking about? I think about? everyone's wrong. You think everyone's, everyone's wrong. wrong? Yeah. I okay, can find something think... wrong with every single person involved in this scenario. You know what? I think I think I can too, and that's why it's such a great show. I don't disagree. Exactly. I think for Nathan and I, we're sort of like whoever entertains us more is the winner. Is that about? Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. So I don't disagree. I think that Kathy probably did say a lot of that stuff, if not all of it. But I'm so on her side because I love her. I find her to be very hilarious and she's incredibly charming on TV, but I think she is an absolute monster to her relatives. (laughs) Wow. You'd go so far as to say monster. Yes, I think she is a monster. When Kyle was like, oh, my God, that's my fault too. And, you know, everything's my fault. It's like, calm fucking down. You're not the only one who's hurt in this situation. She keeps saying, I'm the one that cops it. I'm the one that's hurt. It's like, well, no, actually, Kathy is copying it on social. It is her reputation. Her family name is big. And I assume reputation is huge because they are so known. So I just didn't like the way that Kyle was making it about her and her pain. Totally. I don't think Kathy is acting hurt. She's acting angry. And that is a harder one to swallow, I think, for Kyle. Because Kyle just goes straight to hurt, not anger. Mm, And Kathy goes straight to anger, not hurt. 
I believe that Kathy routinely chastises Kyle for not doing things that Kathy made up in her own head. And I didn't think this until the end of the reunion when Kathy came out and said, well, I had thought that you were going to have this tequila tasting for my tequila that I invested in. Where'd she get that idea? She just got the idea in her head. And and then when Kyle didn't meet the expectation, I know, but I think just because she acknowledged that it happened doesn't make it okay because I think that appeared to me to be a pattern of behavior. Well, Mm. and it's a pattern of behavior on the show as Garcelle so eloquently points out, which I'm glad she did because it's true, right? Once you own it, it's like I have to forgive you. Right. Kathy's just an idiot for thinking that Kyle would have a party at Kamasabi and not and not be about hats. Of course it's about the hats. It's not about tequila. It's not about gathering. It's about the hats. That's all she cares about. Yeah, so I am not like a Kyle apologist in any way, but when I Oof. saw the interaction between the two of them, I felt that it went back to their childhood where Kyle was this like meek younger sister who couldn't stand up for herself, who always ended up in tears, and Kathy was kind of throwing around their relationship and kind of like was the one that would decide whether or not they would be on good terms. Yeah, that makes I sense. Felt- I mean, her name is Kathy after the mom and she's the older one, so I get it. She mothered them. So do you think that Kathy was maybe a bit of a bully to her sister? Yes, I do. Yeah, totally. I can, I can see that. And I think Kathy likes Kim because Kim stays in her place. Kim's never going to have that much more money than her, not going to have more fame or notoriety than her. You know, Kyle has been kind of at her ankles and then, you know, has kind of actually even risen in terms of fame. I mean, Kathy is known for being Paris's mom Mm. and for marrying someone who has the last name Hilton. But Kyle is known for being a housewife and Mauricio is known for being a really good realtor. And so I feel like Kathy and Rick feel like Kyle and Mauricio should always be indebted to them. And I think they should be in some sense, but they also are allowed to go up on their own. And Kathy, I think, wants them to stay in their place wow. and they don't. And she is angry about it. Oh, I'm on. T- I'm team Kathy on that one. Kyle needs to stay in a place. I thought it was so rich of Kyle <laughs> to say to like Dorit, like stop butting in. And I'm like, excuse me, you're like little Miss Interjector. Oh, I mean, stay all the in time. her place, not in that way, but like in society, like she has gained prominence oh, yeah. from being on The Housewives. She had, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I just think she is a horrible producer on the show and trying to move story along. It's Ugh. just not genuine and it's weird and she butts in all the time. So what do you think... Mandy about how Erica fits into this. So like Erica is saying that Kathy said the F bomb and clearly she's the one that leaked it. If Kathy's the only one that told, well, Erica's saying that she told me that. So I went into this season thinking it was all Rinna, but after the reunion, I'm looking at Erica thinking she's the leaker. She's the one that's behind this story. I think Rinna is the one that actually leaks it. Right. Rinna is obsessed with herself She constantly checks Twitter and Instagram for mentions of herself. She'll like DM people who say not (laughs) nice things about her directly as soon as they say it. It's super, super weird. And I think she has a very serious social media addiction. I've been saying this Mm. on my podcast. I think it is so problematic that she can't even go off social media for one week and that she gets a rush and a high from posting really awful things 
getting a lot of negative attention around herself and then deleting it 20 minutes later as Kathy so eloquently. That was funny. <laughs> so do you all reckon that Kathy actually did say the F-bomb? I, I think, think she so. Did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think she did too. I think she did. I don't think it's something she maybe normally says. And I'm not trying to be an apologist for the word or for Kathy, but you know, I just came back from Telluride, Colorado a couple weeks ago. And it is around the same altitude as Aspen. And let me tell you, I could not handle alcohol there. I like felt weird while I was there. Wow. I can only imagine someone pushing 70, having a couple cocktails at that altitude, what that would do to you. Is it a real problem? It's a serious problem. Yeah. Um, so much so that the wedding I was at had an oxygen bar. Whoa, that's <laughs> that. choice. And they all have them because you're so high up in the mountains and the air is just different and your body reacts differently. And so I think she got like super drunk. Yeah. And granted, sometimes people's real personality comes out when they're drunk. Sometimes mm. their anger comes out. Maybe that word was like hidden in her somewhere, but I don't think she actually has animosity towards the like LGBTQ. I mean, it was a flippant comment. It wasn't a pointed comment. It was, and I'm not right. saying that excuses it, but it kind of, that makes me, you know, agree with sort of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. My family is from Bosnia and some of them that live high up in the mountains, when they speak, they speak so slowly. Because <laughs> they can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. And so when it, whenever anyone speaks like that, we, we always like, oh, you know, we have a saying like they're from deep in the mountains. So too funny. It's because they can't breathe. I never thought of that. They don't get enough oxygen. Yeah. I'm not kidding. When I had my oxygen tested at the wedding, it was 82%. Oh, wow. wow. It's supposed to be like near 99, wow. but I, I freaked out and they're like, oh no, that's just kind of normal for up here. Here, give you some oxygen and you'll get up to 96. Oh my God. Hey, so what do you think about the Erica stuff that, I mean- We're on appeal for legal reasons. <laughs> that was so good. We're on appeal for legal, legal reasons. reasons. So Erica- It was the new, so you say. So it's <laughs> This I know, funny. so you say. This I know. <laughs> Erica is so wrapped up in her own victimhood that she does not have the capability to empathize with anyone else. Okay. Mm -hmm. And her friends keep pushing her, being like, don't you feel sorry for the victims? Aren't you sad about the victims? And she has said time and time again, no. I don't give yeah. a fuck it, about them. And you can't so, blame that on the altitude. No. Why <laughs> do they keep pushing her? Like she has shown who she is. Yeah. And they have accepted. And I really agree with Crystal when Crystal was like, I hold the people around me to a certain moral standard. And, you know, when she was telling Dorit, like, I see where you are. Yeah, that's on true. This. That's true. I agree with her. Yeah. This whole analogy with putting your mask oh. on first on the plane, I'm like, that is not analogous. It's just not. It's not. It makes no and sense. And it's about plane crash victims. I know, and we get I know. Some sensitivity it was like training. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Ah! Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, could you use anything other She's than like idiot. the plane is going oh down? Oh my god, and I didn't even think of that. That's so fucked up. <laughs>
So when she got the tissue at the end, I was like, you fake ass bitch. There is no way you're crying. It's such <laughs> Candace tissue work. I mean, I know Carl started it, but it's really Candace Dillard tissue work. And this whole, like, I won my case, I won my case. In that particular case, the case against Erica Girardi has been dismissed. In that same case, EJ Global has not been dismissed. You dumb fucking bitch. Uh. So <laughs> this is what bugs me. Like, and I know Sutton knows all this and she's letting it go. But why is no one else voicing that? Why is Andy not saying that? Andy would have people who would be telling him that. I think they don't want to completely relitigate this. Like, it's already very yeah. clear that Erica is not over with these lawsuits. And I feel like Crystal made that crystal clear when mm-hmm. she was talking about how dismissed without prejudice doesn't mean that the lawsuit's not going to come up again. Of it just course. means you can refile it somewhere else. Yeah. And so I think they're exhausted with like, we've heard Erica's thinking on this. Sure. No more questioning is going to give us any new information. She's just going to go back to the same old soundtrack. Right. So I think they don't ask because there's nothing left for her to say. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll definitely be looking for December 7 when the earrings actually are going up for auction. John Moran auctionees, by the way, it'll be on their page, FYI, if anyone is interested. I think Erica's actually the saddest person on this show. How so? Oh, really? I find her to be such a tragic character. She married this man so much older to her and I don't even know if it was there was any love there like I don't know if she's ever truly been loved by a man and Mm. she did it so that she could have material things that she never had growing up and so she got all of these material items and that is what matters to her in this world and now you are coming for her things it's like I don't think she cares about people She doesn't have a good relationship with her mom. She doesn't have any siblings. She doesn't speak to her stepdad or her biological father. Like, I feel like she is a woman who is devoid of close personal relationships and love. Oh, that's sad. And her armor is those earrings. They are worth $1.3 now. You cannot take them from me. I put in work. I married that man. I fucked him. He was old. It wasn't fun. And that's what I get for it. Right? Yeah, like, wow. That is, in in her mind, you're coming for the things that matter the most to her. And that's sad to me. Yeah, that is sad. That there isn't anything else that she cares so much about. I'm with you on that sad thing. I totally get it. But then another part of me says, but that's what you invested your time and effort in while the rest of us are investing in relationships and the work that that takes. So then it stops me from feeling sorry for the sad because it's like you invested in the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. I don't feel sorry for her necessarily. I just find it to be a tragic situation. Yeah, it is tragic. Do you know what I thought was tragic? What, my love? Lisa Rinna's Manila folder of receipts that never got (laughs) aired. How shit must they have been? For them not to even air it. The issue being that unless you put effort into a fucking binder, we don't care. That's exactly right. And of course, you know, Rena's camp is trying to throw the idea out there that it's Kathy's lawyers that cut that part of the... Whatever, Rena. That is so not true. Just the fact that they mentioned what Kathy allegedly said... Mm. 
proves that her like, you know, I, I don't know. Lisa made this whole thing about herself and it had absolutely nothing to do with her. Well, her storyline for years has been everyone else's business. We know nothing yeah. about her to the point that Nathan once pointed it out to me and now I can't not see it, that when we're filming in Lisa's house, we're only ever in the kitchen for two seconds and then we're outside. We don't see her life. Her storyline is right. everyone else's life. Right. Even though there's a lot going on, the only time she wanted it to be her family was when Amelia was dating Scott Disick. Yes. Mm. Then she wanted to talk about it, right? Yeah. But when Delilah had an overdose on Xanax mm. and had to go, you know, go for some help, like none of that is shown. But yet Delilah and Amelia's rise to fame was shown. So if you're going to show the good parts but not the bad parts, don't have your children on the show. Mm. I mean, the That's only bad point. part she ever showed us was that she had rats in her house. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. That's all we've had. And her mom dying, which, like, uh, I also have a nasty take on that. Go, share. Please tell <laughs> like, us. Okay. So my mom died when I was almost three decades younger than Rena. And what I would give to make it for my mom to make it to 92 or 93 and die peacefully, uh -huh. knowing I was by her side, is yeah. absolutely everything. I'm not saying it's not sad. It's absolutely tragic when someone passes. But when someone passes in an untimely fashion and you're yeah. not able to say goodbye, that is something that will like F you up. Yeah. And so don't blame your mother's death. You are 59 years old. What did you expect? Yeah, true. Other people have had to deal with this much younger. And I didn't go around harassing my friends and screaming in their faces when this happened. And my mm -hmm. apartment burned down at the same time. <gasps> no. <laughs> That's, that yeah, is fucked up. <laughs> so, like, I just don't think people have excuses to be assholes to one another. I went through a really, really tough time, too. Like, yeah. it was incredibly stressful. I didn't have time to process it because I was dealing with my apartment situation and I had to find a place to live and wow. get this other, you know, place. Like, you know, and I owned. So it was like, you still have to pay a mortgage. Oh, <gasps> you're still making mortgage payments when the fucker burned down? Oh, yes. What? It's this not it's not livable, but you have to pay for it. There's no reprieve from the bank. You get insurance pays for a certain amount of time for you to stay elsewhere. But you only have I, I took a lump sum. And so then I had to stretch that money out. Oh, my God. That's so fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it was a crazy situation. And, you know, obviously, I was much more concerned about my mother dying than the apartment. But like, you still got to deal with it. I don't think there is a scenario in this world that could happen to a person that would okay how Rinna was going after <laughs> Sutton. Yeah. I just don't. I don't buy get it, it either. And I don't think she's showing enough remorse for how she has behaved. It is absolutely uncalled for. I also think she's over-exaggerating. Like, she's lying for a large chunk of it because in this reunion, she sort of backed down. She just sat there and took it. And I was like, she if did. she knew she was right, if she was telling the truth, she'd be fighting tooth and nail. And she was just like, oh, oh. And then what about when yeah. Kathy said to her, do you remember saying that you're preaching to the choir, et cetera, et cetera? And she was like, oh, um, I'm like, you have to think about that? Yeah. That was a bit sus. I bet Kathy was bitching about the rest of the cast and Rinna was like, yes. Joining She's in. eating it up. Yeah. Eating it up, agreeing with her, or just trying to get her to say more shit. 
probably. So she could use it against her. I would see Rinna agreeing with her. Let's say she was bitching about Sutton. I can't see Rinna not agreeing with Kathy then. And I can't imagine her just sitting back and listening. I mean, yes, to write notes, but I can't see her keeping her mouth shut and not joining in. Well, I think I think we should probably tie a bow on Beverly Hills because we've got a <laughs> lot more to talk about. I concur. Any final thoughts on this reunion or the episode as a whole? I just want to say MVP to Doug for making Kyle <laughs> sit on that couch crying. Because when Andy was like, Doug, what do you want to do here? Doug was like, sit down and have the toast. He was like, we're not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and final thoughts for you guys? I'm just really sad about the Kyle and Kathy of it all. I think it is so sad that these sisters have been pitted against each other, I think by their mom from the beginning, mm. and that they're mm. not able to break that spell. I also am so glad that Crystal found her voice at this reunion because that totally. is the Crystal I want to see in this group, and I hope that she's back for next season. And actually speaks up more. She really did start to when they were in Aspen, Mm. but Mm -hmm. I want to see more of that crystal. And her tagline needs to be like, get real. (laughs) (laughs) Something with that. Um, Mariana, final thought? I don't know what's going to happen and I'm a bit worried that Kathy's not coming back because she said that if there isn't a cast shakeup, she won't be back. I think she'll be back. And I think Rina's going to be gone. I think she's going to be put on pause. And I loved when Kathy. I I loved when Kathy went after Erica's stuff and said that they weren't her belongings. I absolutely loved that. And the credibility, so good. (laughs) You think you think Rina will be back? Yes, in some capacity. I think the best case scenario would be a friend of. I don't. I'd be fine with that. And Dorit. A friend of. We'll see what happens with Dorit. But with Rinna, everyone is talking about her. Mm. And it's not even like a love to hate situation. Most of us just like hate her Mm. to hate Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. But, you know, you're looking at the executives and they want people to have a reaction of some sort Mm. to the women who are on our screen. And Rinna elicits a reaction. People are talking about her. What would we be talking about if she didn't do all this crap? I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like they're not going to run away anytime yeah. soon that's a good point so mandy you're a potomac local right like you're in that yes, area i so should am we... so obsessed <laughs> cool. should we should we switch over to potomac yes yes, yes this episode is called stand in your truth do you guys have overall impressions of the episode and the season so far justice for chris bassett <laughs> yeah agreed agreed a hundred percent agreed <laughs> And Wendy's like super lame. Oh, thank oh, yeah. you. I she hate flopped. Wendy. I loved her her first season and I am so disappointed. Can I say? Yes, please. I think on social media, Candace is getting too many props. People are like, wow, she's so good at the reads. All she'd said was not today ankles, not today neck, which at the time I was like, yeah, such a good read. And then I was like, wait a minute. that's She's not saying anything at all. It's not funny. It's not clever. What does it mean? I think... I'm assuming that Giselle has like kinkly ankles. Yeah, yeah it's body shaming. It's not it's cute. Body it's shaming. Not fun. Yeah, right. But everyone's like such a good read, and I was like, mm. I love the fourth wall break. Love it. That was my favorite bit when Candace said, "Don't cut out any of my fourth wall." I was like, "Oh my god, I that have to good. thank Candace Dillard now because everyone knows I can't stand Candace. I hate her fucking guts. Basically, I know that's a pretty fucked up thing to say. But it's true. I want Monique Samuels back and I want Candace out. Oh, I do not. I'm not a fan of Monique Samuels at all. Really? She is 
so annoying. I think she lies all the time and she's like a huge conspiracy theorist and yes. I just can't stand her. Oh. Uh, she's like know. full on wackadoodle on a bunch of different conspiracies. All the weird stuff about her and her husband like splitting up I and maybe not that. splitting up. Like, come on. Just like she just loves attention. Mm, but don't they mm. all? I, I mean, I liked that she gave Giselle a run for her money in season two, mm. and I think she's absolutely gorgeous. But after that fight situation and how she handled it in the press, like, I don't know if in Australia, but here, like, the, there's a lot of, like, blogs, and they obviously bring it up on The Real Housewives of Potomac a lot. But she leaked so much crap before the season began, and it made it seem as if Candace was the aggressor in the situation. And so to watch what happened and Oof. it be completely different, it felt like watching the Luke. It's like, why are you guys leaking this crap to spit? Like, we're going to watch what actually happened. Disagree. But anyways. Candace started it. Sorry, you gave We don't need to get into that again. All right, all right, all right. We'll move on. What do we think of Wendy's, I want to say hot mic moment, but do we think it was a hot mic when Wendy said about Mia that she's okay, but she's lying. We all know she's lying. I think it showed that Wendy behaves a little bit differently on camera versus off, totally. which is mm-hmm. what I think Robin has been pissed at her for from the beginning. Wendy is using this for like a reason, right? She's using the show uh-huh. to further something in her career, but she's not exactly sure yet. So I think the first season she was probably the most herself. Right. And was like, I'm going to tell the, the Nigerian immigrant story, right? Mm-hmm. And talk about my husband and the falling out we had with his family. And then when all that happened, she's like, oh, okay, now I am going to reinvent myself for season two. Now I'm going to reinvent myself for season three. Now I'm going to bring in Peter Thomas and open a Nigerian lounge with fucking kids in there, you dumbass. In this economy? (laughs) I know, right? I did think the hot mic moment was funny how she was just like, oh, my mic's still on. And you could sort of hear like a hint of panic, but also mostly unbothered. She was like, oh, well. Oh, well, whatever. And then the flashback to 20 minutes earlier where she was saying the opposite. You know, I love that. I love that. Uh, Props to the fucking editors, mate. They do the most work on these shows. I loved it. They are so good. I love whoever edits Potomac. I need to make an admission. Uh I really miss Michael Darby. (gasps) (gasps) Explain. Do you know how fun it is to watch? And here we are talking about him and we don't get to see him grabbing asses and causing trouble. And it's just like, I miss that drama. So, like, Mandy, what do you think of this whole house thing with Ashley and Michael and that whole dissolution of their marriage? I think that she's just trying to get a house out of the deal, right? But she's not being Mm -hmm. smart because while they're working on this, I think he's hiding his money. Of course he's hiding his money. Oh, yeah. Of course he is. So she's just not being very smart about the whole thing, but she'll get smart. A few things will happen and she'll she'll get it together once she, you know, yeah. she wants to believe the best in everyone all the time. And I think it's a fault of hers, but it's also a good quality because she's so like trusting and forgiving of people. But man. Well, see, I she, was thinking yeah. like, because last, it was last week, Nathan and I were discussing this, that Ashley was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy was asking her about their prenup slash postnup because she would be entitled to half. And she made some comment on Watch What Happens Live that there was some wording in the postnup that may invalidate that. So I thought mm-hmm. that she was like 
sort of saying, well, maybe I'm not entitled to half, so therefore I'm going to go along with his bullshit of this house to get the most that I can get because I may not be entitled to it anyway. So that's why I thought perhaps she was like sort of riding the wave at this stage and seeing what she was happening. She also couldn't get a house without that money, right? She, yeah. You need to have his level of credit. And, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, because she had no get credit. The house. Well, She'd she be homeless, credit, not toothless. But... <laughs> Yeah, I. It's such an interesting situation, though, to watch this happen, knowing that it's taking place in Virginia, because Virginia has like an unusual situation where you do oh. have to file for separation for a full year before they'll right. even begin the divorce proceedings. That's the same in Australia. Oh, and so, really? like, yeah. when they say you have to be separated for a year, can you still be banging? Like they no. seem to. Sometimes so I be doing thought it. when Giselle said. You can't sleep with him or the clock starts over. I thought she meant like emotionally it starts over. No, mm. she means legally it yeah. starts over. The separation yeah. has to happen yes. on a certain date. Both parties have to agree that the Same. separation happened on that date. And you have to have people in court verify that you have not had relations. I don't know about the relations part, but in Australia, the rest of that is the same. I've never considered Isn't that the crazy? Yeah, the relations. I'm sorry, that's bullshit. Yeah. You know, the U.S. is so weird. We love knowing what's going on. We, like, are obsessed with other people's <laughs> bedrooms. That's, like, our M.O. Like, everyone's genitals, everyone's bedrooms. We just got to know everything, right? And we got to mm. regulate it. Oh, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> Fucking hell. Honestly, if I lived in America, I'd be just, like, trying to get to Canada real quick. No, but it's so cold. Well, it's true though. I'm sorry. Okay. You don't have to be bothered about what's happening with women's genitals, Nathan, but yeah, it bothers me. No, I I secretly agree, but I thought it was so bold of you to say that to an American. Oh, I mean, uh, we. I know we've got a problem. This pro- I mean, this podcast isn't about Roe v. Wade, but come on, like it bears yeah. mentioning. It's not even just that. It's like everything that right. people just have this obsession with regulating other people's morality. Yeah, it's is, super weird. Which is so strange. No offense, that's fucking strange. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get to more fun stuff. You said at the start, justice for Chris. So, what do you think of Giselle in this season? Are you obviously against Giselle making up this story then? Or? Yeah, I don't think she made up the story. I think she's embellishing the story. So mm. I believe that where she's coming from, and I could be wrong, is as part of her religion, it is not good to be in a room alone with a married man. Right. Okay. Right? Like think back to our vice president, uh, Mike Pence, who like wouldn't be in a room alone with a woman. I do Mm. think there is maybe something to that. And there are some people for whatever reason that and, you know, they don't want to be in a room alone. So she didn't think she was going to be alone. Then she was alone Then she was uncomfortable. She asked him to leave. He did. I forgot. End of story. Yeah, she was a first lady. She was married to a pastor. Um, Yeah, yeah, so. So, uh, (laughs) and because she was cheated on so much, right, I think she assumes that every man cheats and every man has the capability of cheating. It's really sad. And she also has been told her whole life how beautiful she is Mm. because she's, there's a lot of like colorism. Not how she dresses though. Not how she dresses, but she's so, she's she's pretty, right? Have you seen her in real life? told that. Yes, I have. Tell us. So I, this is going to date me, but in 2018, in December, I went to an Erica Jane concert. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. 
Okay, back then I would have been obsessed with that. It, was, it would have been so fun. It was so fun. The entire concert was 43 minutes beginning to end. <laughs> what? There was no opening act. There was no, like, and then she just, like, got off the stage and it was like, oh, are we still drinking here? Where, who, where's the party going after this? What? Um, Karen and Giselle came together to support Erica. Oh, at I the time. Wow. And then afterwards, Karen went backstage with Mikey and Giselle walked over to her little mini Cooper that was parked two blocks away oh and drove God. herself home. Wow. What a queen. Okay, so wait, explain to me how you know she walked over to her mini Cooper. I was Cooper. walking and then she was walking in front of me. Oh, I thought you were like walking purposely following her because I so would have. No, that was my way home. I lived on the same street. Wow. Are you just like secretly inserting yourself into like the scenes of Potomac? Like, were oh, you the mime? I've ne- <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> I've never, I was so mad that I keep missing them because I keep seeing them at places like in these, you know, that I routinely go to. Like, for example, yeah. during the cherry blossoms, I'm like, I go to the title basin a couple different times. It's like so uh. pretty. And I miss them. I was there like the day after. Oh, no. And so it's just like, oh, you know, and so many people in DC don't pay attention to reality TV. And so they probably are like, oh, I don't even know what that is or mm. whatever. But for me, I'd be like, oh, my God. You need to, like, get to know an AP on the show. I know. It was incredible to see Eric. Giselle and Karen in real life dancing along to Erica Jane's songs. Wow. Like, that uh, well, was hilarious. Mariana and I have been saying for a while that, like, our favorite dynamic on this show is Wendy. Oh, not Wendy. <coughs> um, um, Karen and Giselle. <laughs> oh, and like this, this episode, we get a bit of Karen like mentoring Giselle, sort of. Like I loved it. Oh, I did too. I love watching them together, always in every scenario, from like them shading each other to when Karen broke down over the death of her parents and Giselle was the mm. one to comfort her. Mm. Like their relationship, I feel like is complex and it is deep. And I love it. Totally. Me too. I'm obsessed with them. I didn't think I would love them getting along as much as I do because they're still shady to each other. It's just, it's the joy of my life, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so in that scene with, with Karen and Giselle, so Karen's saying that she's had another incident with another husband on the show. Clearly that's Michael Darby, right? Am I, am I getting that right? Or do you I think that's someone else? I thought it was Chris Samuels. I thought so too. You did too? Because oh. when she said like he hugged her or whatever and it was so hard. It was, I was so tight. That's it. I was sitting there thinking. He's, I just think he's strong and doesn't always realise That's it. what I thought. That's where my head went. I was like, okay, who could do that and oh. not realise what they were doing? Because let's face it, Michael Darby, like Karen could take him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's kind of wimpy. The man's a toothpick. He might have a restaurant, but I've never seen him physically eat. So The only right. person he's hugging tightly is Juan. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Do you think Juan <laughs> – okay, with those two, because they just seem like an unlikely duo, do you think Juan actually likes Michael or do you think that he just likes the adulation he gets from Michael, which is reminiscent of his NBA career? I think he likes Michael enough, right? Michael's but I don't a good think time. He, I don't think I'd he love likes, to go drinking with Michael. But I feel like Michael likes Juan more than Juan likes Michael, like in oh, the yeah. friendship. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about Juan Dixon? <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like on Juan, we need to talk about this crack in the green-eyed bandits and like Robin 
amping up her game this season. I know you drag Robin Mariana, but she's she's working. Because I just feel like Robin is the laziest housewife and I don't know why she's still on the fucking TV because she does nothing, right? But this season, Robin is like, she's putting her toe in. I'm not saying she's coming to work, but she's thinking about it. She's her toes in the door. I think she is. I think with this prenup chat with Juan as well, I think off camera she said to Juan, look, we've already had this chat, but can you just fight me a little bit? And Juan said, (laughs) okay. And I think that was totally staged. No, I don't think it was staged at all. I think he was caught off guard. I agree. That's what I saw in his face. I do not like Juan. I do not trust Juan. (gasps) I don't trust him. I don't trust this guy. I think he's rude to her. (gasps) I think that as far as he's concerned, she is a teammate and she's a good teammate but he doesn't have to like her. And I don't think he likes her. I don't. Sorry. Like, yes, I hate Michael Darby, but I do believe that he had love for her, for Ashley at some point in his his way, the way that he could do that. But I don't think Juan likes Robin at all. Really? I don't think he likes her. I think he doesn't like the cameras. I think he's the person who's most uncomfortable with the show itself. That's a point. And so – He's just kind of like, oh, I'm doing this again. Uh, you know, like he just does. Oh. I Some people just hate being on the fucking show. And I think he's one of them. Oh, that makes sense. Although they're not married. Like it's it's crazy to have a prenup chat without the nup. Like yeah. <laughs> there's never going to be a nup, let alone a prenup. <laughs> oh, that's true. It, again, it's her storyline. But this whole I make more money than you do anyway. I'm like, dude, I Googled it. You make $100,000 a year. Okay, fuck off. No, he said, I'm going to. Did he really? Uh, yes. I couldn't really hear it. Look, I know that some head coaches for, for college basketball teams can make up to a million dollars a year. I know that. Wow. But he's on 100K. Now, I think he's trying to say, like, I don't know. I think these guys all have big egos. And he's like, whatever. I'm going to, like, make more money than you. Like, mm. I'm going to. Like, right now you're ahead, but I'll be ahead after. I'm like, why are you being so competitive with your wife? This like, is what I'm saying. I don't think he likes her. I really I don't, don't think he, he's always rubbed me the wrong way. So do you think there's cracks between Robin and Giselle, like Karen seems to have been saying? No, I don't think there's cracks in the friendship. I just think Robin is showing when she had – I think they've had different takes on things before, but they haven't let the cameras capture it. Right. Like. But because this really doesn't involve something serious with Giselle and because, I mean, Juan Dixon could be next, right? I Mm. think Robin is like, come on, guys. Like, also, I think all of us should be potentially offended as women about her almost trying to, like, me too the situation and make it seem like it's, like, a really serious thing when it was just, like, he didn't do anything to make you uncomfortable. He didn't say anything to make him uncomfortable. His presence alone was the only thing that made you feel discomfort. And when you asked him to leave, he left. It's not 1842, sweetheart. You're allowed to be in the room with a dude. There's nothing there. And I just think making it sound that way first, and it sounded like, oh, she was talking to Mia about it. Because why on earth would Mia be like, oh, I have a story too. I forgot Come about Come on. She doesn't have a story. That was hilarious. No, I don't think any of them have stories. Like, it's like a, if you are uncomfortable, I believe that you are uncomfortable. But is there a reason to voice it to make it seem like there was, like, 
Chris is doing something wrong. Why didn't she say it in the moment? Love, I don't like being in a room with a dude. No one's here. No, like why? And apparently he was saying that the door was open. Yeah, the whole thing is crazy. Also going back to the quote unquote DM, even though it was a response to a story, Uh Park, where Ashley was, Mm -hmm. is a major competitor to the W, the roof of the W. They're both places in the same neighborhood that attract the same kind of clientele that serve fancy drinks. And so when that's where Ashley went after filming to like let loose and party, he's like, next time come to the W because he works there and because like, let's get the press there, you know, and the attention. Have you been to the W? Yes. Is it nice? Is it nice? It's really nice. Yeah. When you say expensive, fancy drinks. like I don't know. They used to be between $14 and $16, but maybe they're more now. That's pretty normal for a cocktail, isn't it? Actually, no, that is a bit much. It it feels more like New York prices compared to, like, D.C. isn't as expensive as New York. No, we we pay, like, what, 12 to 15 bucks. I mean, but we're not in a major city. That's like Sydney prices. It's just a nice, it's, it's called The View, I think, because of the incredible like panoramic view you get of Washington. It's on Mm. the roof of the W Hotel. And so to be the general manager there is a pretty big deal. It's a really good job and it's a pretty high stakes job. And I can see why he's coming home really late. They also don't live in DC or that close to DC. They live in a completely different area. What's their commute time? I would say in the, like if he's getting off at like three in the morning, maybe 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Maybe 30 to 40, but like when there's no traffic, like that's a long, it's not quick. Yeah. Wow. 40 minutes at three when there's no cars around. Okay. Maybe it's less than, I don't know. I like, but who kn- but there's also traffic at that time. If all the bars are closing, then there's always traffic. Oh, see, yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. This is what freaks me out. I don't know why it bugs me so much with Potomac, but it really bugs me that they call it Real Housewives of Potomac when people like Robin Dixon live an hour and a half away. That's as far as we are from Sydney CBD and anyone from Sydney will say that we live in the country. Yeah. I feel like it's it should be Real Housewives of the DMV because yes. it's um, like DC, Maryland, Virginia, but the Potomac River goes throughout all. So maybe it's uh, like based on the Potomac River. I like it. It's sort of thematic rather than geographic. Yeah, Somehow. but for some they're reason, just like it really Maryland, bugs Virginia, me. DC. I don't know, but I love that they're filming more in DC. That has been like a treat because in the beginning, when they like season one, season two, I don't think any places wanted them to film, so they didn't get a lot of good spots. Oh, and now, yeah. like the good spots, like to have the U.S. Park Service be okay with filming is a big deal. Oh, I didn't think of That's it like federal that. land. Of course, is that like a hangover from the last? Real Housewives of DC with all of that drama, do you think? Like, is there still prejudice there? In general, DC is not a place that is open to lots of filming. Like, people have serious careers. They think, like, reality TV is, like, not a positive thing. And people who you'd want to see, if they did a Real Housewives of DC, like the people in politics and power, they would never Mm. let you in their home. No. So... You know, but in general, like the parks are, I don't know, it's not easy to get permits for everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I never thought cool. about it in terms well, of like filming permits, but of course. We've also got to talk about those 
you know, Salt Lake City gals. So are there there those hot messes? Any other final thoughts on Potomac? Mariana, Mm. any final questions for Mandy on like the local knowledge? Nah, I can't think of anything just yet. (laughs) Can we just talk for about Mia for a second? Yes. Yeah, why not? She is such a interesting person because I don't think she on purpose lies. I think she I don't know what something is up with her brain, like how she processes information and shares it is just so like radically different from how most people do that. Like she takes you on a story and a journey and then halfway through you're like, where are we even going to and where did we come from? Like it, she makes absolutely no sense. And I really want to know more details about her chiropractic practice situation because that thing that she posted on Instagram about how her and Gordon were basically kicked out and Gordon's family took all the money. What? Wow. Oh, yeah. Check that out. That happened after filming. And I'm like, this woman has to stay on Housewives because her life is endless drama. Okay, what do you mean? So, Because I thought that was Gordon's business, then all of a sudden she's running it. So it's franchise yeah and i'm telling you people can't steal your business without you like bringing them in so they're so, saying that people stole so they their did business. something dumb they did something i'm sure they did something really dumb in business and i don't know what it is but i'm sure they like handed certain things over and had some sort of like a vocal contract of what would happen once the handover happened and i'm assuming that that did not go the way that they wanted it to. And so that's why Mia took to Instagram. But she takes to Instagram whenever something goes wrong in her life, but where there is no clear detail. So it's like a general sort of like, this is the problem. Like, it makes no sense. Oh, and Gordon's cousin is responding to her. It's crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, I need to check all that You can't look away. Okay, Okay, yeah. So just Mia and how I think she's – like crazy, but also perfect for housewives. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Because I'm not really getting her and her story other than all I really know about her is she was a stripper. She met her husband there and that's it. I don't really know much about her. Well, that she had a really rough childhood where her mom. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Speaking that. of rough childhoods. <laughs> oh, okay. God, Shall we go to Salt, Salt Lake City? Yeah. So I guess we should just start with that. Do do you, we just want to sort of start with the Whitney and the bad weather of it all and what everyone thinks yeah, on that? Yeah, this episode was a flop. Yeah, so, yeah it like, was a I was flop bored scene. by it. There was a lot so of little nothing whatever. scenes and there was a lot of fucking friends of. Is this season an audition for a Gen Shy replacement? What the fuck? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Right, and I think Angie H is definitely going to get that snowflake. Angie K know. should. I think Angie H is so thirsty. thirsty. Agreed. And it's like rubbing everyone the wrong way. Yeah. And by everyone, I mean a lot of the audience. Mm-hmm. It's just not like she came in one way and that's not exactly like who she is. And so, I don't know, she just seems endlessly thirsty trying to set up scenes like she's been studying this her whole life. She has. And it just doesn't seem natural. Particularly the way she said to Lisa, can we talk? It's like, bitch, you're not on yes. this show. You don't get to direct who talks to whom. <laughs> exactly. And Lisa was like, you're not my guest. Yeah, I she's love She's like, I'm that. not giving you a moment so or storyline or oh. a reason to get any more camera time. So I used to hate Lisa 
And this season, I'm falling in love with the character that is Lisa Barlow. I did ask about Whitney and Heather first, so I'm skipping. So No, we can talk about Lisa Barlow. I freaking love her. Oh, okay, cool. The Let- brother's hot. We need to we need to it address was that. So funny watching her FaceTime her brother. It's like you have this this voice even when you're talking to family. I don't know. It's like how is that voice real? Right? How I is love her that. and like like we're the only ones left. Everyone else is getting divorced. Like, <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. Like, it just feels so bad. Like we have happy marriages. Oh my <laughs> god. I know, right? So yeah, you love Lisa. Have you always loved Lisa? I love most of these characters. I find them to be the quirkiest, baddiest, batshit women that have been on Bravo ever. And I'm not like team anyone. I'm just like, let me watch this train wreck to hell. Like it is is impossible to look away. Isn't it? What do you think about the Whitney and Heather of it all? So I think they're fighting about the show. What? (gasps) What? I think they're fighting about something to do with their show. And... Maybe like Whitney is kind of like leading her towards a plot line that Heather doesn't want to engage in, or maybe Heather thinks that it's like convenient that Whitney is bringing up her childhood abuse now. Mm. You know, like maybe both of them are thinking the other is being inauthentic. And so they're seeing them maybe behave a different way on camera versus off. I also think Whitney might be upset that one, Heather is kind of a fan favorite and Mm -hmm. two, maybe thinking Heather is letting it get to her head. Oh, she totally is. They've all said that about Heather. Right. Yeah. I never thought about it like that, that the subtext is they're fighting about the show and how each other is behaving. I love this. What I got from reading... Not All Diamonds and Rosé and reading Brian Moylan's book, The Housewives, is that in the beginning, like the first couple seasons, those fights are really authentic, right? They're truly fighting about you smell like hospital, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then once you get a few seasons in and people start getting their contracts and you start watching how the audience reacts to each person, it becomes more about the show itself. But you can Mm -hmm. never say it's about the show. So it's always something else that's going on that becomes the fight that really isn't the fight. All the fight between Lisa Rinna and Denise was is I'm pissed that you're getting paid more than me and you're not showing up to film. You're not doing the work. Right? So I'm going to call out the fact that you had a lesbian affair. Wow. That's because, right? So none of this, I think, actually has to do with what... Angie H said at this basketball game. I mean, who cares? I think right? it's like we've heard these like things about Lisa, or we just now it's time to put Lisa in the hot seat. Now it's time to put rumors about her. And I think Heather's like, but that's not what happened, or that's not what I remember. Or, yeah, I think if I had to, that's the make whole you didn't have my back today, thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's what well. I think it is because I think it's Whitney that's being inauthentic. I think she's putting Agreed. on for the cameras. I think she came in with like, this is the season that I'm going to be on a healing journey. Oh, God. Yeah. My, my healing, healing journey. journey. Then go see a fucking healing therapist. Journey. This whole spiritual advisor crap. I mean, get over it. I know. She did say, though, in this episode that she is going to work with yeah, a, someone who Yeah, but she's been on a healing journey and has yet to consider therapy. I mean, come on. 
Calm your farm. My problem with Whitney is she thinks about what will be good TV, but she never lands yes. because she's like, yeah. yeah, quitting quitting Mormonism will be good TV. And yet here we are having an appointment with a notary. I'm sorry, this is television. I don't need to see someone getting documents notarized. Keep that for real life. Yeah, it's true. I do find it fascinating, though, that you have to. Oh, hell yeah. Like what you have to do to get out of the church. But also that was Heather's storyline. So now she's coming for Heather's storyline. Oh, like you're the bad yeah. Mormon. I'm going to be a badder Mormon. Right. And I'll show you I, all the paperwork to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but, oh, actually I think it was Danny Pellegrino because they were talking, we know how he's, a, he's been a ghostwriter before and he has heard <laughs> on the grapevine in the writer's circuit or whatever that her new book's actually really good. So I don't know if he spoke to the person oh. that wrote it, but yeah, he heard that it's going to be really good. So I can't wait to read it. I want to read it because I'm fascinated by her experience in the Mormon church. And like, you can say it, Mandy, you're fascinated by that- cults. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's just an interesting situation because had she not gotten divorced, where would her life be? Oh, yeah. It would be the exact same as all these other Mormon women with three kids. Yeah. So anyways, I just think they're fighting about fan reactions to them, about maybe contract stuff that we don't know about, Mm. about Heather kind of being the favorite of Andy in a way. Well, Heather's everyone's favorite because she's funny. She is funny. She's hilarious. And I find that interesting in itself it's like you're going to be shitty about something well no offense your storyline's pretty dark wouldn't you then try to mimic what the other person is doing to get what you want to get she's fucking hilarious i'm sorry when whitney fucking dropped that cake four fucking times that was was good tv that was hilarious i love that I don't know. I can't I can't tell what Whitney is trying to do, but I feel like she's trying to do something she's and it's trying. not authentic. She has no idea what she's trying. She's not that fucking bright. So we have this thing um, on the show where we count the amount of times that Jane is saying innocent this season. <laughs> now, one of the times uh, she didn't actually say I'm innocent, she said she was talking about the mock trial and she had to hear the lies and the spewing BS. For me, that counts. So we are now up to yeah. six this season. Just w- wanted to let let the listeners know. So we're up to six. So I think that's pretty conservative. Um, Five episodes, six mentions of her being innocent. So just wanted to say. Yeah. I'm going to have to run. I'm so sorry. I've got to go to rehearsals. Are you guys okay to finish yeah. up on your own? Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mandy. Oh, thank, thank you so you much, so much Nathan. Um, I love chatting with you. Love chatting with you and I'll listen back. So I want to hear your thoughts on whether Brett Favre is actually hot and what you think <gasps> of Brooks. Okay. So I'll I just leave you so with that. so much to say about Brett Favre. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Love you, Nathan. Have fun at rehearsal. It's, Thank it's you, really bye. Sorry. dramatic. Okay, so yeah. let's keep going. Okay. Tell me all about it. So Brett Favre was a beloved quarterback yes. of the Green Bay Packers. In 2009, he was going to retire, right? He did this whole Tom Brady thing where like, I'm going to retire. I'm not going to retire, whatever. Right. And by the time he was like, no, I want to go back. They had already had the other quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, ready to go. Right. So he went to the rival team, which is my team, the Minnesota Vikings, and he played for like a year. I always didn't like him mainly because he was good and he played for our rival. Sure. But there was little things 
else he did throughout his time in the 90s that gave me kind of like not great feelings. Okay. One was when his wife had breast cancer and he shaved his head in solidarity, but he made it all about himself. Ugh. And like what he was doing for his wife and never really propped her up. And that kind of gave me like, I don't know, but something about him just felt off to me. So then in the early 2010s, he was accused of sending dick pics to a female sports reporter. So that happened. I'm like, that's pretty bad. Now he is in the hottest water of his life. Now? Because now, (gasps) oh my God, this guy is like going to get in big trouble. What did he do? So his daughter was going to, I think it's Mississippi State, but I don't quote me on that, and played volleyball. And he wanted to get money for a new like volleyball stadium slash like sports complex. Mm -hmm. And even though he's worth a lot of money and could have put all that money down himself, He worked with politicians and people who run NGOs in Mississippi Uh to take money that was meant for poor families. NGO money? No. No, it's not even that. It's it's literally not just NGO money. It was routed through an NGO. It's money that was meant for poor families. It's welfare money. (gasps) Okay. So families in Mississippi that apply for welfare, you have less than a one in 50 chance of even getting approved. Oh, wow. They're horrible. And Mississippi has the highest poverty rate in the country. Oh my God. So it's it's really, really rough. Fuck. So he ends up, it's like $5 million or $6 million. He ends up getting paid for speeches he never even gave as part of this like what situation. Yeah. And there is text messages where <gasps> he goes, the media is not going to find out where the money came from, right? O-M-F-G. I love that. And so the person he was working with has been indicted and is pleading guilty, I believe, and trying to give all this information to, yeah, but there's, it goes back to like, it goes all the way up to the governor. Is he going to go to jail? The former governor. Is he going to go to jail? I don't know. I mean, I would love that. The woman who was in charge of that NGO that was basically taking welfare funds uh-huh. and putting them in different projects, she is definitely going to see jail time, so It's I like uh, Ghislaine, whatever her name is, Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. She's going to jail for well, – she is in jail for what she did, but we don't know who she did it for. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. This story came out after the scene was filmed with Seth oh. and Meredith. Yeah, okay. The fact that they kept so, it in is so shady. It's – I don't know if people are paying as much attention as they should, but wow. they should be paying attention because it's one of the biggest scandals. It's oh the biggest, God. I think, welfare s- scandal. Because all I knew about happened. him, because I know a little bit about American football, all I knew about him was he was the Tom Brady of his day. Yes. And he was in something about Mary. He was like, oh, was you know, he? yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he was very, very beloved by many, many people. He never missed a game. So he played injured. Wow. He played concussed. See, that's he, stupid. You know, and a lot of people, but this was back when people viewed that as, you know, this was back when Carrie Strong like broke her leg and still landed the vaults. Yeah. You know, this is around that era. So then Seth is looking back fondly on this like this man is being so tough and so right. strong and instead of just being stupid yeah but yeah okay but 
Anyway, so th- there's a lot of drama going on with Brett Favre. You guys should Google and and read yeah. from the reporters in Mississippi I that will. are spelling this out because it is a web of entanglement oh and gosh. misappropriation of funds that go back to the previous governor all the way up to him. Wow. So on that scene, what do you think of this being the Brooks coming out scene? What do you think of it? It was like cute. Like I loved when they were like, okay, what kind of guy would you be interested in? Yeah. And you know, just whatever. I I think Brooks is trying to not be as big of a character on this show. I think he kind of got burned from the reaction to him Agreed. the first season. So I think he's been humbled, but you know, I think he'll be like, okay, I'll film, whatever. I don't think it should be a big deal. I think it would be nice if we – get to a point where people don't have to come out. You know, you don't have straight people going, oh, my God, I have to tell you I'm straight. Like, who gives a fuck? So I'm kind of glad that they played it down because I think that's how it should be. Yeah, it was just like a normal family conversation. And speaking of which, Mm -hmm. did you see the news that came out this week with, oh, my God, Jesus Jugs, what's her name from OC? Oh. Um, Oh. Her... She has a transgender son. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember yeah. that. And yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like the most. Alexis Bellino, like, is that it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yeah. the most like homophobic. Like she said she didn't support gay marriage. Oh, that's like, why all it's of a that big deal. Back I, in the day. Oh, my God. She was like. That she's a trans kid. I'm like, yes, so you're not on the show anymore. Who cares? I forgot that's who she was. And she in her, like she posted it because her son wanted her too mm-hmm. was like, hey, people are starting to ask questions because I'm in some of your stories or whatever. People are asking questions about what's going on. Could you just like clear it all up? And this will be me really coming forward. And she has a whole thing about like how this is how, what would Jesus do? Like love your child right. and be kind to everyone. It's a it's an amazing about face. And I mean, it good is- for her. Oh, yeah, especially right now with what's happening in the United States and the attacks on trans children, Mm -hmm. which are not going to stop just because we're having an election. I mean, it's getting people to the polls because they're making this a big issue. Oh, yeah. kidding. No, they're like trying to convince voters and whoever that trans children have gone through genital mutilation of some kind. I mean, I've seen a little bit of the articles, but... Rather than just, like, people don't understand what gender-affirming care means, which is just, like, calling the child by the pronouns they want to be called, calling them the name they want to be called, and then if they get to a certain age, maybe starting puberty blockers, right, which are reversible. Yeah. So... It's not this whole, like, anyways. and Yeah. My partner's really are, into American politics and he's, like, every yeah. day it's all I hear coming out of his computer and I always just go, give me the cliff notes. I can't. It's too depressing. I just can't. It's so depressing. And they're banning, like, they'll have, like, a medical board yesterday in Florida voted to ban gender for mean care and oh all the witnesses God. that came forward against it were from out of state. Wow. One was a dentist. What? Like that's not even a proper medical credential to understand. Dentists aren't doctors, people. (laughs) Well, dentists also don't provide gender-affirming care. So why? What does that mean? Anyways. So, yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was a really big deal that she she posted this. 
and um, yeah. although Canada has its I know. own, I know, I know, yeah, I was waiting for that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not as like utopia as yeah. But I thought it was a really big deal that she posted this. I think, and, yeah, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I I saw it, but I didn't click on the article. And now I'm realizing who she. I I don't know what's wrong with me. I have this thing where I can't remember people who are on the ori- like original cast. Like I have watched OC twice through, and I can't remember her at all. It's like I don't have the yeah. room in my brain for it. I know. I almost forgot too. But she was just so like Christian in your face, like evangelical. Yeah. I am going to be submissive to my husband, like all that kind of bullshit. And yeah. then of course they get divorced because he's course. horrible. And, you know, and it's like all this crap that yeah. is just. I mean, anyone who wants their partner to do that, to be submissive to them is going to be a total ass. So as if it's going to last. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing was just, it was really um, surprising to to see her post. I would just go and read her post. Don't yeah, okay. read the articles. Fair enough. Yeah. Her post was beautiful. So I don't know why I'm enjoying her on the show. Well, up until last episode, I was finally, in, for the first time in my life, enjoying Jen on the show. But this episode, watching her, like, want to get Liddy on the slopes, I'm like, you're obviously just using this as avoidance coping. But Jen Shah, take it away, Mandy. So I guess it's more about the audience than it is about Jen herself. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let me talk about Jen herself. I think Jen is the single most manipulative person that has ever been on Bravo. Whoa. Ever. Uh-huh. Explain. She is so charismatic and she is so good at convincing people that her truth is the real truth, <gasps> that she has convinced nearly all of these women of her innocence oh my when God. the evidence is so damning. It is so damning. Every other person who is indicted with her pled guilty. Yeah. She was the lone person remaining. That does not look good, regardless of who you are. And Meredith, who's a lawyer who knows what's stacked against her, I don't know if maybe she knows she's guilty or whatever, but she is supporting this whole innocence shit. This is how good she was at her job and scamming people. She's scamming us. Oh, my God. You're so and not just right. scamming people, she was convincing others to scam people. Oh she is so wrapped up in her own martyrdom and she's not a martyr. But she's fucking good at it. She's so good at it. Last week, look, I've always, I'm really into the legal stuff and I've always said, she guilty, she guilty, she guilty. But this season and including last episode, I said, I don't know if I want her to go to jail because I love her on my TV. I mean, that's a completely fucked up thing to say. And at the time I said, this is a fucked up thing to say. And I was being flippant. I realized that. But it's because she is manipulating me to love her. Yes. (gasps) Oh, my God. That is such an amazing, truthy take. She's also probably the most, the biggest narcissist. Oh, yeah. That we've had on the show. I mean, I'm not talking about even compared to Luann. Like, she is To Luann. That's the one you picked. Severe. Luann is an incredible narcissist. Everything goes back to her. Like it is wild. Yeah. Yeah. But she is, narcissists can be incredibly charismatic. Yeah, they are. Right? 
incredibly and she's so charismatic so what's wild to me is the audience is gunning for erica jane yeah who in all likelihood was probably not that involved and certainly did not orchestrate any of what went on with tom Correct. she probably signed some papers yeah. and her biggest crime was lying about her life and acting like she was a boss bitch who made her own money she didn't yeah and she didn't know where the money was coming from or where it was going to and no. she just signed whatever papers he put in front of her that's what i think yeah. i don't think she was like anyways and people are gunning for her gunning for her right yeah and jen actually was the mastermind the top dog yeah of this massive yeah. cons like conspiracy to uh, like defraud people mm -hmm. and everyone's just like oh yeah huh. and she's not just going away for a little bit oh. she's going away for a long she's going time. away for a like minimum seven years 11 to 14. oh that's right we'll see i mean it depends on where there is no women's federal prison in utah wow. so it would depend that. on where yeah there's no women's federal prison in utah so where would she go We'll figure that out at sentencing, right? In December. Mm -hmm. I they better not push this over because I want I'm kind of seeing this as like one of my Christmas <gasps> no, presents. No, I know. I think how fucked so, up is that of me to say, but this is like a Christmas present to me. The courts are still super backed up from COVID. Yeah. And they've always been backed up. There's just like too many like people committing crimes like yeah, well, federally. Okay. <laughs> you know? Because federal crimes are very different from other crimes. Yeah. Like it's a different system. But I mean, I ran this by my friend who's a federal prosecutor, ooh, and even ooh, she ooh. was like, oh my God, like this plea agreement, 11 to 14 years is like, like she fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, you know? that's a gift because she could yeah. have done, you know, I mean, I don't like think 30. she would have ever done the 50, but yeah, because it was 30 for one and 20 for another. Yeah. They were always going to drop one of, of them. Course, of course. Of course they usually. would. But like... It is just a wild situation that she has just convinced everyone so much of her innocence. Yeah, wow. And it's wild that she showed up in New York I for BravoCon after she was disinvited. And the network cut ties with her. I don't think she's going to be at the reunion. No, I don't think she is either. I don't think she's going to be invited. They can't be associating with her. There's no way that, that, that NBC wants to be associated with a convicted criminal. Well, I mean, they associated with Teresa, and Teresa's a convicted, and she's a federal. Yeah, that's uh, she's a felon. But the difference with Teresa, she I think was upfront about the whole thing. Like, yeah, I signed these papers. I don't know what happened. And we believe that because you know? she's dumb as dog shit, right? And then for her to try and like manipulate the audience into like, well, I'm a woman of color, and Ooh. I'm going to speak up for all of people who are wrongly incarcerated, yeah. and. It's just like, girl, like, don't start. Yeah. You are guilty. You are being found guilty of something that you did. Yeah. And when they were all in Arizona mm. and they were sitting around by the fireplace uh -huh. and they were all wearing what looked like, like, looked like orange jumpsuits. That's what Nathan right? said. I didn't notice it. Yeah. It was very telling. And then they were asking Meredith a lot of questions because yes. Meredith knows a lot because she is a lawyer. When she said, well, the reason that the government would want her to enter plea deal was for her to flip on someone else to get someone higher up. And then they all kind of were quiet and it was like, well, was she the highest? This is what is shocking to me. How did they not know this? We all know this. Like, sorry, I don't mean to be so passionate about it, but I find it unfathomable that if someone you know is going through this, that you're not Googling it. 
that you're not equipping yourself with the facts. Whitney and Meredith, I think, no. Yeah. Heather knows but is blindly supporting Jen. Like, how do you not want to know? I thought the Whitney and Heather fight and break up as friends would... I thought it had to do with Jen Shaw before the season aired. I would believe that over this crap. And maybe some of it's part of it. Maybe. I am shocked that Meredith was hanging out with Jen in New York. I don't understand it. But again, I don't disagree with you that they're sort of like, well, I'm not getting along with this person on the show. I need to get along with enough cast members in order to stay on the show. So that that much I get. I think... Jen in real life, not on the show necessarily, but in real life must be so magnetizing and charismatic yeah. that you are drawn to her and you believe her. And then you leave and you're like, wait, wait, what happened? Yeah. That there are just some people and they, and a lot of criminals are like this, that like the masterminds. So They're so convincing. They convince you to break laws. Yeah. They break laws. They convince everyone that they're the victim in a situation, that yeah. they were the ones that were wronged. And it's, yeah, and it's what's crazy to me is that the audience is just gunning for Erica Jane when there is literally no criminal case against her. Yeah. And then you've got an actual felon, someone who pled guilty to serious federal crimes that hurt actual real people. Yeah. And, you know, there's victims in Jen's case. Why are no one's talking about the victims there? Unfortunately, as Erica points out, they're not my victims. I don't know if that's true or not, but they're definitely Jen's victims. I mean, she worked for a company that did... Definitely. Yeah. She worked for a company that did this. Then it was... I can't remember what the acronym is, but the FC... Is it the FCA? FCC. FCC. There you go. The federal... whatever. No, the state tax board or whatever. What's that? So Jen worked for a company that, that did this. And she ended up going to, like, was investigated by the state tax board and she was interviewed. And then afterwards she went F this and did her own company and was doing the same thing. That's where she learnt how to do all this stuff. So she knew what she was doing and this company that she worked for was slapped with massive fines for basically breaking the law. And she just went and started her own company doing the exact same thing. So she knew what she was doing was wrong. She learned this from other people. She used encrypted messaging to be in touch with all of her co-conspirators. If there is not more evidence of guilt, I mean, that is a Who huge red flag. Who needs to use encrypted messaging with staff about daily work practices for fuck's sake? It's ridiculous that she's... Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But she's fucking great TV. You're right. She is so charismatic. Oh, I'm just getting the chills. It's a train wreck. I kind of love to watch it. It'll be interesting. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that sentencing. Oh, so much. Are they going to open it up to the public? It depends. Because then people can go and report on it. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be open to the public or not. I know her original trial, like you could dial in and they had to shut the whole thing down because too many people dialed in. Wow. Okay. But... I think what her behavior on the show and then especially her behavior since she pled guilty will implicate, mainly her behavior since she pled guilty, will be used against her during sentencing. Her traveling to New York, you have to get permission to travel at this point. So what, she got permission she, to talk to her I lawyers? I don't know if she did. Yeah, maybe she did and then got then had like one meeting yeah. with a lawyer. Yeah, but like she had an entourage with her. 
Where did she, she sleep? She wasn't at the Gensvort because it was booked out. She was drinking. She was partying with people. Like all this stuff. You're supposed to lay low before sentencing. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think potentially the judge might go because of your behavior, you're going to get more than 14 years? Because realistically, the judge can give whatever sentence he or she wants. I don't know what's going to happen, but might go towards 14 versus 11 because the, the plea is pretty clear. Like, yeah. If it's more than 14, she has the right to appeal. Right. Okay. I didn't think of that. She has the right to appeal. So she'll get the 14 years then. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, I'm very excited. I know that's really a mean <laughs> thing to say, but I'm very excited. And hearing your takes on her, now I get to go back and revel in my excitement of it because she deserves oh, it. Oh, I think she's so manipulative. Hearing the way that you've explained it, because these were my feelings prior to this season – and I feel like I've this season been sucked into the vortex that is Jen. I mean, it's fun to watch her. It's fun to watch her. I like watching her on TV. It's fascinating when people are different in that way that, yes, she can be so horrible and yet be so charismatic. And yet, you know, she's done all this bad stuff. So I guess from now, I'll be watching it from that perspective going, oh, my God, you're about to suck me in. It's fascinating. That is not how normal people behave. So anything against the norm because most people have empathy and a moral compass. To see that, it is fascinating because you don't normally get to see that in a removed setting. Yeah. So yeah I'm just no, justifying totally. why I like watching her, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess we should wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts on, on anything right now that you want to chat about? No, just that I'm so glad that we've got Potomac and Salt Lake on because I am getting life from them. By the end of Salt Lake last time, I was exhausted because it was on for like six months mm -hmm. and I'm exhausted by Beverly Hills. Me I need too. a break. So Potomac and then we've got Winter House. Like I am here for sort of the more low stakes drama. Me too. And speaking, I know you said you don't often watch the Below Decks, but there's a new show coming out, Below Deck Adventure. And Heather's Adventure, actually, that looks cool. And Heather's actually on that show. She's one of the guests. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much we're going to get to see her, but yeah, I think that'll be interesting to watch. And it'll be interesting for me to see who she's on that trip with. Hmm. and see if there's anyone else that we know, like some side characters and stuff. Angie H, she seems to find her way everywhere. Yeah, well, <laughs> she is thirsty, but I think in terms of the side characters on that show, she's kind of winning right now. Oh, I think we'll get to know who they are. I am I'm not worried. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, thank you so much. I've never had to end the show by myself. So, again, <laughs> if you can let everyone know where they can find you and follow you and listen to you. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. If you type in just Mandy Slut, uh, my name comes up. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> pretty easy way to find me. And my podcast, you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's is this real life with Mandy Slutsker. So thank you so much for having me on. You and Nathan are so hilarious. I love your takes. I have a lot of opinions, but like it's also not that deep. 
Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, I'm the same. It's fine if people completely disagree with me. Like that's totally cool. Like this is this is just housewives. Like it's we can all take a deep breath. <laughs> it's not that deep, right? We love it, but it's, it's not, not that, that deep. deep. Like, and that's why we love it, right? <laughs> right? That's why like me and you were like on different sides of the Monique versus Candace and like whatever. Oh yeah. No, totally. I love hearing your your side. And if I still disagree, I that excites me too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, no, I, love it. I disagree. Love that. I just love how two people can watch the exact same show and have completely different reactions to what they watch. Me too. I love it. I don't love it when Nathan and I disagree. I get worried, but <laughs> in a funny way. <laughs> in a funny way. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Do the, you know, the likey things, whatever. Nathan does all that. I'm terrible at that stuff. So thank you for listening and See you next week. You can't even say see you next week. I fucking suck at this. Okay, bye.